All right, we are in part three this, this week of a series that we began a couple weeks back called I Am, How Do You Fill in That Blank? And, and in this series, we have been studying um, identity. Basically, what defi- how you define yourself defines what drives you. There's a reason you do what you do. There is a, a, a reason you say what you say, do what you do, and, and there is a reason certain things come come out of you, there is a reason you do what you do, and we typically associate that with, um, you know, outside features, color, upbringing, and things of that nature, but ultimately, I I think how we see ourselves, how we see our identity as influences what we say, what we do, how we act, so this series, we have been diving in to how you ultimately see you. If you haven't been here the, the past couple, couple weeks or you possibly missed one, you can check out previous sermons on SoundCloud.com or iTunes. Check them out there. Today, though, um, I don't think it's any secret that currently right now in our country, we are divided. Uh, many things divide us. Um, I think we can sometimes just, just look on the surface and be like, oh, they're, they're, but I think if we're all honest, if you go on Facebook, I think you can tell who people really are on Facebook. Why? Because you can hide behind your profile. And so people say things on Facebook that they would not typically say in person. So I think whenever you go on Facebook, and, and, and really even if you just watch any news outlet, uh, you go on there and it just reeks of division, politically, racially, um, Religiously, I used to know that that's a word. There, 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 is, there is just a division. And I, I think we know it. Um, and, and really, I think that we can all say that almost, it's almost like our world is forcing us to choose sides. Pick, pick a side. Are you Democrat or are you Republican? Pick one. And if you like, if you are one of the other, then, then you are the enemy. Are you for cops or are you for Black Lives Matter? And if you choose either of those, you got to have an enemy. And it's almost as if our world is, is trying to get us to separate. Why? Because what is divided can't stand. Okay. And even in the church, well, are you Baptist? Well, or are you Presbyterian? Are you a Calvinist? Some of y'all are like, what does that even mean? That's okay, don't, don't even look it up. <laughs> or are you Arminian? So, you know, it's like, it's like we always try, it's like there's this enemies, it's like we're just trying to just separate. And, and really, I think the deep-rooted issue of why there's so much separation here. Is because there's so much separation here. Separation here breeds separation here. Separation vertically will always breed separation horizontally. And so we've got to dig deep and say, what is, is the root? Why are we such enemies? Like some of us, we could, we, we could just say, I am, en- like, I am enemies. 
I am an enemy. It's, it's, and it's basically saying, I have picked the side. I'm staying on that side, and I'm not moving. I am a Republican, and if you're anything else, you're the Antichrist. Some of y'all are like, I am Democrat, and if you're anything else, you're the enemy. So we define ourselves by labels instead of following the path of the God who we got to understand we were enemies with. We were enemies with God. We had our backs turned towards God. But God didn't have his back turned on us. He had his hand out saying, I don't want to be enemies. I want to be reconciled. Today's sermon is I am reconciled. I am reconciled. Romans chapter 5. We're going to start here. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 through 11. It says, you see, this is Paul talking here, and, and Paul, the, this book, Romans, is just a theological, I mean, he just, the, he just defines and explains the gospel. Go home, I don't care, like, go home and stop watching Netflix, and go home and read the book of Romans. It's, it's much more, it'll, you'll, it, it'll be much better for your time, okay? Even if you're like, what am I reading? Read it a couple times, and it'll be so clear what Paul was trying to do here. He's trying to explain the deep the, the, the deepness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in chapter 5, he says this, though. He, he says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So while we had our back turned to God, he turned his back towards us. Get that. While we had our backs turned towards God, he had his, he had his back turned, or he, 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 he was facing us with his hand out, saying, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, God's hand is forever out to you. Saying, I don't want to be enemies no more. I want to be reconciled. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You see, we have to understand, y'all, like we have this sickness. It's called sin. And sin is a churchy word. But sin ultimately means you want to do things your way. If you really break down what the heck sin is, you could break it down to this one word, pride. Essentially saying, I know better. I know better than the person that created me. I'm going to do things my way. And this is what our culture tells you to do. You are your own boss. Do what you do. You are in charge. No one rules you. You rule you. So do what you do. Who cares what God says? Who cares what God's word says? Just you are in charge. Now, the funny thing is, although we want to be in charge, if we're honest, everyone wants to feel this almost transcendence what i what i mean by that is they want to feel like there is somebody or something beyond them so people want this feeling of transcendence like there is this deeper force this bigger force ruling over us that there's something beyond just human beings we want transcendence without accountability that's what you call spirituality there is this big spirituality movement that wants to feel something. They want the feels. 
they got all the feels, right? And it's, and, it's, and it's that spirit of like, man, there's something beyond us. It's like God or something. We're all God. Just God, bro. Just feel it. So they want this feeling of, of, of there's transcendence. There's somebody or something beyond them. But then when it comes to actually being accountable for, for actually what you do and how you live, they're like, nah, I'm good. So there is this wanting to be in charge, but there's this wanting to be transcendent. So there is almost as people want their, I don't, I never say this right, bake their cake and eat it too. Is that what they say? I never get, get that right. But, but there is, is this thing that they want to be in charge, but then also want to feel something beyond them. But the heart of, of the gospel is this. You don't know better. Left to yourself you will self-destruct. We see what a godless direction has got our country into. We see where this has gone. We have wanted freedom. People, we want to be free with no accountability. We want to be in charge. And what we have actually created is we have wanted this freedom from, from, this, uh, from, from this accountability. And what do we have? We have freedom yet we're bound. We want freedom from God and his authority, and what do we have? Depression. We want freedom, but what have we found? Emptiness. We, we want freedom, and what have we become? Medicated beyond anything. We want freedom, yet we're sexually broken. Affluence, yet we're empty. It's the selfie generation, but full of self-hatred. Why? When we are at the center of our own universe, God will then do what, what, what God did in Romans 1. Romans 1 says God gave them over. God gave them over to what? To a depraved mind, a depraved heart that led to depraved lust, to depraved actions. There comes a point in time where it, you will be going your way and God will literally put his hands up and be like, learn the hard way, brother. Be in control. Do your thing. Jesus calls it the wide road that leads to destruction. Jesus calls it the wide road that leads to Destruction And what we ultimately get whenever we are at the center of us, the ultimate eternal place where that goes is hell. Now, y'all might be like, hell? No, look, hell, hey, we always think of hell as like fire and brimstone. Just, just, there's this demons just torturing you and, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, the bottom line, let me tell you what hell is. Ultimately, hell is where God isn't. You really want to break hell down? It's ultimately the place where God is not in control and where God isn't in authority. That is what ultimately hell is. And C.S. Lewis, he had a couple great thoughts, a couple great quotes about hell. One of them, he said this, is there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. He also said this, the national anthem of hell is I did it my way. He also said about hell, the lost enjoy forever the freedom 
they have so demanded. Here's the bottom. I know these are hard words. But what I'm trying to get, get you to see, y'all, is, is that if, if you haven't, turn towards God and said, I realize that my way is not the right way, that I am on a sinful path, I, that I, I can't be in control, I am not God. If Unless we turn and say, God, I understand that you are in control, I, su- I submit to you, that you are literally an enemy of God. And I say that with all love, I say that speaking, speaking the truth of God's word. But it doesn't got to be that way. Although you've got your back turned, he has, he's turned towards you with his hand out. And I don't know where you are today. I don't care who you are, how long you've been running from God, even if you turn from God. And, you know, and, but I don't know where you are, where, where you're at right now. But it doesn't matter how far you, you have run. You have been, been chugging from God. He's been chugging towards you with his hand out. Saying, I'm ready whenever you are for you to turn towards me. And I'm sick of being enemies i'm ready to now be reconciled and that's what the cross ultimately did it brought reconciliation it tore this wall separating us down because he lived a life you could not live a perfect life and died the death that you could not die in your place and for your sins so now by grace through faith you simply receive the gift of of salvation that jesus earned for you you can't earn it you you can't do nothing to get it you simply receive it by grace through faith And whenever you do that, you turn around and you shake God's hand and there's reconciliation between you and God. I want to let you know, at the core of your identity, if you've turned to Jesus, you've gone from God's enemy to God's friend. And I believe there's a purpose in this reconciliation, though, beyond just us becoming, going from enemies to friends with God. Because I believe... When you get this right, something happens like this also. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul, he, he's, this is a different, uh, different letter that Paul wrote to basically a different church that he planted. And, and he's writing again about this concept of reconciliation. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he, he, he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Let's stop right there. In other words, he's saying because of the reconciliation that he has received from God, every single human being, black, white, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter who they are, we stop seeing them through the lens of how we want to see them or how our culture sees them. We now see them not from a worldly point of view. We see them from a Christ-centered lens, meaning every person is made in the image of God, meaning we've got that same blood running through through us. So it doesn't matter. We can't, if, if we're going to see reconciliation happen, not just here, but here, we've got to stop seeing people through our own lens and start seeing it through Christ's lens. But here's the thing. It's not just seeing others. It's through seeing you through Christ's lens. We regard nobody from a worldly viewpoint. You know who that includes? That includes you. Now because you have been reconciled, because Jesus did what you couldn't do and died the death that you couldn't, I mean, because all this stuff has been reconciled, you now see you from a different viewpoint. It is no, no longer sinner. You are now saint. You are, you are no longer condemned. You are welcome. What if you saw yourself through the eyes of how Jesus sees you? 
But he says that we regard no one out from a worldly point of view. That once we guarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who, what? Reconciled us to himself through Christ. And as a result of us being, rec- of us being reconciled, gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us, everyone say us, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness from God. I could just drop the mic right now and get off the stage and be like, that's good enough for everyone here. Let's get the worship team back up. We're having a time of worship. Let's just be quiet and worship God who's reconciled us so we can do what? Be reconcilers. We have been reconciled for the purpose of us to then go and be reconcilers and yes I'm totally for this means that we are Christ ambassadors meaning this some people I don't even have a Bible up here what kind of pastor am I I just I just read off off of here Uh, but like some people will never read the Bible people don't care about the Bible and I hate saying that but it's true some people will never read the Bible to know who God is but do you know who they will Read more than anybody, your life. They will read your life. You will be the pages of God that people will read. At your job, in your home, with your family. And literally, when he says you are Christ's ambassadors, meaning you represent somebody beyond you. That's why the Bible is so fixed on this whole concept of holiness. It's not to restrict you. It's because you represent. And it's like if you're following Jesus and you're living this crazy life, they think you're full of it. They can't see it. So if we have been reconciled, we now become reconcilers, meaning those in in our context, in our family, job, work, community, we are then supposed to shine who in the world Christ is. When people, like you're called a Christian, that means little Christ. That means that we should be blasting Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Not like, you know, hey, Jesus, Jesus, you know, like talk, but like with our lives. And I really believe, yes, this means that we have been reconciled to become reconcilers, but at the same time, I think this even goes a little bit deeper in this deeply divided nation that we find ourselves in. That those who have been reconciled should then be leading the charge to bring reconciliation in all these other areas. Why? Because we were once God's enemies. He put his hand out to us. He took the first step. He put his hand out to us. And because he put his hand out to us, I don't know about you, but I think we need to stick our hands out and put our hands out to others. Why? Because if there has been reconciliation vertically, that should lead to reconciliation horizontally. Now, let's just be honest, man. Like, I, I believe if, if we're honest, most of us know that. But it's, it's, it's a lot easier to know it than to actually practice it. And I don't know, Dominic, or whoever's coming up, Pidget, if you want to come up. Right, Pidget, Pigot? Pigot. <laughs> keyboard player. If you want to get on the keyboard, it just sounds a whole lot more spiritual when you have a keyboard behind you. You know, 
No, but um, that means I'm closing, okay? L at least it should, right? The first closing. <laughs> no, but we have been reconciled to become reconcilers. The cross has changed the relationship between us and God vertically, so it should impact our relationships horizontally. And I think in this divided nation, if this is going to ha happen, the, re the example that we have is the example that God gives us. I think first off, we've got to remember our first allegiance. We're not labeled by the, ultimately deeply by the color of our skin or by the political affiliation that we hold or by whatever identity we hold ourselves to. If you are a follower of Christ, your main identity is first off, your main allegiance is to the kingdom of God, is to Jesus, is, is to him. It's the blood of Christ. It, it's knowing that we're all made in God's image. So we, we've got to remember, A, first off, that our first allegiance is to Jesus. Now, what I love, though, is, is that diversity doesn't mean, or, or unity does not mean we can't have diversity, right? Because we can have diversity with unity. I mean, it's, it's even better when there's diversity because in, in that, when people see us working together, there's unity. But secondly, if, if we're going to be reconcilers, we've got to put our hand out first. Like, I just wonder in this room who you are like. Maybe you are, I wouldn't say enemies with, maybe you could be. But at the same time, maybe there's someone you have a concept of, but you don't have context with. So maybe, I mean, who knows what that, maybe that could be somebody of a different color. Maybe that could be somebody with a different political affiliation than you have. Maybe that could be somebody of a different sexual orientation than, than, than you have. Maybe that could be of, of, like, you could have concepts of all of these different things, but you don't have any context. You never actually spoke to them. You never actually asked them, share with me your story. Share with, share with me your upbringing. Share, share with me all of these. Just, just share. Just talk. I'll shut up about what my opinion is, and I'll just listen. What if, what if we just said, hey, I'll, I'll be quiet, speak to me, I want to understand, and put your hand out first. But then you, you, you got to get close. Like, I just think Jesus, you know, this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus didn't save us from heaven. He came down, put on flesh and blood. John 1, 14 says that the word became flesh, the message version says it well that then the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood and in other words he took on flesh and got near us he got close to us he realized if I was going to become friends with humanity and bring and be a savior bring be a reconciler we had to get close church fam if we are unwilling to get close to those that, hey, we, we have this weird verse or we just have this weird idea of who they, like, that's not the church, y'all. We can't be scared to be in relationship with people that have different thoughts, mindsets, whatever than us. Because if we're gonna reconcile them to God, it's not gonna be from, from afar, it's gonna be from a close proximity. 
It's going to be us getting close. We have to get close. But then also, too, I said this earlier, you, you, you got to quit having a concept and get some context. So I, my question to you is who, and you, and you might not even, you might not even be public with it, but who in your mind would you say is someone that you would be is an enemy? I don't know. Maybe you're awesome and you don't have any. Well, congratulations. But I don't even know if you would even classify it as being such, but maybe it's just someone that's different than you. And you have opinions, a lot of them, and you share them with people that share your own opinions. But you've never actually speak, spoken with and reached out to and chatted with someone that's maybe different than you. And gotten some, not just had a concept, but gotten some context. We have been reconciled because we were enemies of God. We've been reconciled to him. And that leads us to then want to be ministers of reconciliation. Yes, trying to get people to Jesus. Yes, but ultimately I think it's a both and, not in and either or. It's both and we now try to reconcile others. What if churches led the way in that? What if the people of God said, we're going to try to lead the way and bring in reconciliation? I don't know. I think it could be a powerful thing, especially in this city. Because the only way that there, there is going to tear this dividing wall between us down is first off, this relationship here that empowers us and pushes us out of our comfort zones and safe places to bring reconciliation here. Pray, church. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that while we were enemies, while we were enemies of God, while we were enemies of you because of our sin, because of us wanting to do our own thing, you didn't turn your back on us. You put your hand out. And God, I pray in the same way that you did that, we would first off reach out and grab your hand. And as we grab your hand, we would then reach out and grab someone else's hand and try to bring reconciliation to them. It's just really quick, every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, it's like, I, I think you're in one of two places here. You need to be reconciled or you need to become a reconciler. So maybe you are possibly here today and you've never reached out and grabbed and grabbed Jesus's hand and said, I don't wanna be an enemy no more. I want to be your friend. And that simply is by you saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I've, I've acted in pride. I've done my own thing. And now I want to throw my pride down and follow you. I want to grab your hand and I want you to lead my life. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. doesn't always mean you're going to do everything right. But it means you, may, you want to make a, a decision to, to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. With every about, every I close it. If you'd say, John, that is me. Just really quick, raise your hand. Just want to know who you are. We want to pray for you. I promise we're not gonna we're not gonna embarrass you. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? This will this is what we're gonna do. Lifehouse family. We're gonna pray, and we're gonna join in with those that raised their hand to receive Christ today. If everyone could pray this after me, Jesus, thank you for dying in my place and for my sins and making me your friend. I submit to you 
as Lord of my life. Thank you for your love for me. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up, Lifehouse fam, for everyone that said that prayer today for the first time. Now, possibly you, you are here, and maybe you say, John, it is time for me to, I, I, this good, but this ain't good. You have got stuff in your family. You have got stuff, work people, people on people online, and it hasn't affected this. And you need to go from being reconciled to now being a reconciler. Get your hand out, get close, be quiet. Listen, look, scripture tells us this, as far as it depends on us, live at peace with everybody. As far as it depends on us, right? So there are times we can try, 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 but at the same time, like it's gotta be reciprocated. But at the same time, as far as it depends on us, let us live at peace with everybody. Lifehouse fam, we're gonna sing, and we're just gonna focus on Jesus. You can go ahead, stand up. And we're just gonna go back into a time of singing and worshiping and thanking God for number one, reconciling us. And if you need to today, get whatever business you need to do with God, do it now. If there are people in your life you know that you need to get reconciled to, pray about that today. Think about it, meditate on it, but don't leave here without saying, I'm going to get that relationship right. I'm going to do something different and bring and bring reconciliation. Why? Because we have been reconciled with by God. This is Worship Lifehouse Family.